Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, where our goal is to open the Bible and look at what it says. For the next few minutes, we will be looking at a passage from one book. We will continue weekly until we finish that book. I'm Tom Nordstrom, and with me is Bill, Casey, and Nate. Well, hello and welcome to episode, I guess the final episode of season two. Um, We are going to finish up the book of Ephesians today. Uh, We are in Ephesians chapter six and we're going to go through verses 10 through 24. Um, Before I read this, um, I want to note that this is uh, kind of a a little bit different of an episode. Uh, Today it's just me and Nate. Uh, on this episode, and the reason is comical, and it's because we did have an episode recorded with Casey and Tom and myself going over this passage, and uh, me being in charge of the uh, posting, the editing, and posting the audio, uh, I, in typical Nate fashion, I lost the SD card. Uh, on the day that it was supposed to go up. So, I have spent a lot of time and energy looking for that to no avail. So, here I am at like 1 in the morning uh, <laughs> recording this, and it's likely that Tom is not going to... Tom doesn't know any of this, and you might be hearing this for the first time, Tom, as you're listening to this podcast. So, Anyway, uh, that's what happened, so I know that if you're listening to this, um, you are not going to get the full effect, (laughs) and you're not going to hear as much wisdom as uh, Casey and Tom brought to all this, Uh, but I'm going to try and do my best to regurgitate what was said originally um, in this post uh, by myself. I'm also just like using my my headphone microphone so we don't we don't quite have the same setup that we normally do but anyway again i'm going to try and regurgitate this the best that i can um so all of that being said let's start reading um, ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 24 and then uh, i will uh, talk about it finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening uh, my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly 
as I ought to speak. So that you all say, sorry, so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. Take a kiss, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace to you, brothers, and love with faith from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to you. Grace be with sorry, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Alrighty, so there we have um, those verses. This is one of the more common, um, well known passages of scripture in Ephesians, but really in the whole Bible, uh, whenever we talk about the armor of God, many people who uh, maybe don't don't know many other passages of scripture have heard uh, about the the armor of God and this passage starts in verse 10 and 11 by saying be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God what a lot of people don't know is that this armor of God section is actually a reference back to the Old Testament we see it in Isaiah chapter 59 in Isaiah 59, Isaiah is this prophetic book where God is looking, he's, he's using uh, the prophet Isaiah to call out Israel's wickedness and to try and uh, get them to repent of the, the wicked things that they're doing and, and warn them that if they don't repent, they're going to go into captivity. And so in Isaiah 59, if I understand Isaiah correctly, God is looking back or, or looking down at his people and he's noticing how wicked they are. He's noticing there's no justice. Uh, we see in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 14, or, or starting in, in yeah, uh, 59, 14, it says, Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands far away. The truth is stumbled in the public squares. Uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. He who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. All right, so here God is looking at his people in the nation of Israel, and they're wicked, they're awful, they're idol worshipers, they're, they're, they're not righteous. They, they've strayed far, and God says, he wondered, there's no man to intercede. You know, the, these people are wicked. My people are, are unrighteous, and, and who's going to do anything about this? And then God answers his own question, and he says, his own arm brought salvation. His righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, he will repay wrath to his adversaries, repayments to his enemies. Um, so and this, this goes on for a few more verses in Isaiah 59. The point is this. God saw their unrighteousness and he said who's gonna who's gonna do something about this and he said i will have to do something about this and he put on this armor and in the picture is that god is the soldier who's going to fight um this this battle um and as we think about that as it relates to isaiah or ephesians chapter 6 you know in the new testament in the world of christianity we need to um, understand the significance of 
verse 10 11 in Ephesians 6, which says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of, of His might. Put on God's armor. The point in Ephesians chapter 6 is we need to rely on God's strength, rely on the resources that God has given us to fight this Christian battle. It's not about, you know, standing up and getting strong and getting ready. It's about trusting God and trusting His resources. Um, and we're going to talk about that as we get further down in the text and what exactly um, that is. All right, as we get to verse 12, he says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Um, these words are literally, we could call these demons, uh, spiritual forces. Um, Paul's point is our fight, our Christian fight, uh, is not against politicians our christian fight is not a physical battle that we're fighting but we need to understand there are literal real not physical spiritual but that doesn't make them any less real spiritual forces that we are fighting um you know we're a lot of times christians especially in the the more conservative circles of christianity we shy we shy away from thinking that the spiritual realm exists, you know, we, we're we pretty much cool, you know, with, you know, God exists, and God is spirit, and okay, we're cool with that, um, and angels exist, and, you know, the Bible tells us that angels are active, and we're, we're kind of iffy about that, we don't know about that, but okay, maybe we're probably cool with that, but then we start talking about Satan and demonic activity, and we're like, nope, that, I don't think so, that was just, that was just, Bible time stuff, but there's there's nowhere in the Bible that suggests that the the um, Satan and his his uh, demons quit working whenever the last word of the Bible was written. In fact, we see quite the opposite. We see here that Satan is active. Uh, Satan is working, and and he uses other evil spiritual forces to help him do his work. And that is what our fight is against. Um, our fight is against evil uh, beings, wicked, wicked forces. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Screwtape Letters. Um, and it's, you might uh, know what that book is about. It's written by C.S. Lewis. And it's, it's this hypothetical, uh, these, these letters written from one demon to another demon um, and the the preface, the intro to this book, C.S. Lewis says, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but something to the effect of um, the most dangerous thing that we can do as, as Christians is to, A, focus too heavily and be enthralled with the, with, you know, the devils or, or demons. But the other side of that maybe even more dangerous than being obsessed and enthralled with it is acting like it's not real and acting like they don't exist. Uh, the Bible tells us that Satan has spiritual forces that are working. Um, and that's what our fight is against. Um, so, with that being said, 
We need to put on the armor of God and rely on what God has given to us to fight this spiritual battle that uh, we are in. All right, so as we get to talking about this armor, um, remember this is this is God's armor that we're taking up. We're relying on the strength of His might to protect us against the the fight in this fight that we're in. Um, he says, first of all, in verse fourteen, is the belt of truth. Um, and Casey mentioned in the original recording. Casey mentioned how the belt kind of holds everything together. Um, you can even say that in our in the outfits that we wear, the belt is responsible for kind of holding everything up, holding everything together. Pants are loose, and your your tuck your shirt in. Your belt is the piece that holds everything together. And, and the belt of truth, it's significant that 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 belt is the truth because the truth, in a sense, holds everything together. If we don't have the truth, then everything's going to fall apart. Um, Tom also mentioned that in this re- original recording that um, the the belt for a soldier, a lot of things hang off the belt, um, and it's the same concept that everything hinges upon whether we have the truth or not. You know, the rest of a soldier's um, armor is going to, in some way, be connected to that belt. And the rest of our armor must hinge upon the truth. Um, all right, the next is the breastplate of righteousness. Um, breastplate is going to protect our our most vital organs, our heart, um, our lungs, things like that. And so, again, this is not physical, but it's this metaphor. And this breastplate is righteousness. Now, if I understand the context correctly... This is not our righteousness. This is God's righteousness that He's granted to us whenever we are washed in His blood. And it's that righteousness that guards us from the evil one. Uh, next, we have shoes. Um, having the, And these shoes are the readiness by the gospel of peace. Here, I, I started mentioning in this original recording how a lot of the elements seen in this armor are mentioned previously in the book. Um, in the first couple chapters of Ephesians, he is talking about you know, these different doctrines and pointing out these different things about the church and you know, talking to all sorts of, of different um, important foundational doctrines. And then it seems like a lot of those things come to a head here in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, with the armor of God. Here's what I mean. He mentions that our shoes are the the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That phrase, gospel of peace, is not the first time we've seen that concept in Ephesians. If we go back and we see it in Ephesians chapter, let's see, Ephesians chapter, uh, it's either four or two. Okay, it's Ephesians chapter four. He's talking about how Christ died and now um, Jews and Gentiles now have this bond of peace. It's it's the gospel that gives us this peace. He also talks about um, the shield of faith. This isn't the first time he's mentioned faith in the book. If we go back to Ephesians chapter four, verse four it says, "We have one Lord, one 
faith. <clears throat> it starts in chapter 4, verse 5. One Lord, one faith. The system of faith, the, uh, the system of beliefs that we have, that's our shield. Um, it's kind of that same idea as the, the belt of truth. Um, he also talks about the helmet of salvation. Uh, we wear salvation on our head like a helmet, and, and again, it guards us and it protects us. And this is not the first time he's mentioned salvation in the book. If we go back to chapter 1, he talks all about our salvation um, and the hope that we have um, within us. And so there is a so many of these elements of this armor it's like Paul is, is reaching back in the book and he's saying, hey, remember whenever we talked about this, you need to put that on. Remember when we talked about the faith, you need to put that on. Whenever we talked about the gospel of peace, you need to wear that. So it's almost like he's reaching back in the, the, the teachings that he gave earlier and he's saying, this is how you apply that. You need to apply it. You need to wear it. You need to use that as a protection. So that's kind of a cool um, element. Tom also mentioned... Um, when it comes to this shield of faith, he said, if you look at a Roman soldier, um, he said, he said, if he remembered correctly, the shields could be connected to your, like your fellow soldier. There was a way of, of connecting shields together. Um, and I don't know the first thing about Roman soldiers. Um, so I don't, I cannot attest to this necessarily. Um, but I know Tom is, um, very uh, well studied in this, so I believe him. Roman soldiers could connect their their shields together. And there might be some sort of significance to that when it comes to this passage, thinking that if, if, the, if the shield is our faith, sometimes we need to rely on other people's faith. You know, some days my faith is wavering, and I need your faith to build me up. You know, that's the point of the church. Uh, is because I'm going to be weak one day, and I need you to be there for me that day, and vice versa. Uh, we use each other's faith to push one another on. Hebrews 10 talks about that. I mean, Ephesians talks all about that, uh, the unity of, of the church. And then Casey mentioned in this that original recording, he mentioned oftentimes whenever we talk about the um, the armor of God, we often end it there. And he said, but I, I think there's one more element in this armor that we leave out. Um, and I think, he, I think Casey's right. He said, in verse 18, said, oh, I'm sorry, I left out the sword of the Spirit. And that is the, the uh, Word of God. Um, and the, the idea there is that the, the sword is your weapon. That's what you used to go on offense. And those other things are protection, but the sword is is your offense, and the the word of God is what we use to to fight. Um, if we're not using the word of God to fight our battles, if we're trying to come up with our own thoughts and ideas, then we're going to lose. Uh, if if we're not using God's word, um, the Bible to to fight, then then we're going to lose. Um, then. Casey mentioned, now we have one more element that we often leave out. Verse 18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. 
how often do we, we think about, okay, the helmet of salvation, and okay, i got to put on the, the belt of truth and make sure you know, I'm, I'm wearing this whole armor and I've got everything right, but we never pray. Um, that, is, that is definitely an element of this, this armor of God that we need to wear. It's our direct line to our, our general, you could say, if we're comparing ourselves to soldiers. We have to understand the significance and the importance of prayer. Um, Tom also mentioned here, I remember he said to a Roman soldier, um, the prayer would have been very important um, as because uh, Romans were in some sense religious and they would have taught their soldiers to pray, to have some sort of uh, line of communication. And so uh, Tom said with his you know, understanding of in, in the little bit of research he's done on the Roman army, um, he said it seems like it does fit that prayer is, is another one of these um, elements that fit into this armor of God. And then he also calls himself, in verse 20, he calls himself an ambassador. So Paul, Paul compares him as a Christian to being a soldier. But then he also calls himself, and, and the idea of a soldier is um, it's warfare and and it's almost a, a violent, you know, militant uh, idea there. But then he calls himself an ambassador, and, and that carries a little bit different idea. Um, an ambassador is a representative. He said, I'm not just a soldier. I'm not just a fighter for Christ, but I'm a representative, an ambassador of Christ. And then he says he's in chains. So <clears throat> I think the fact that he's in chains, we see there in verse 20, is really... Uh, important because here Paul is encouraging other people to be a soldier. He says we're soldiers for Christ. We need to put on, we need to put on the armor. We need to fight this good fight. Where is Paul whenever he's talking about fighting the good fight? Where is Paul whenever he talks about, you know, putting on the armor of God and fighting again? He's in prison, man. Like he's, he is in the lowest of the lows. He he is in a, he's in prison. <laughs> Uh, he's sitting in a jail cell, quite literally, in chains. And Paul is still a a soldier for Christ. It puts into perspective, I think about being in mission work. And I, 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 uh, I think I make a lot of excuses. Um, it's really easy to make a lot of excuses. And we don't have many people in the congregation. And we're tired and we have to wear our, you know, all the hats. And we don't have deacons. We don't have elders. And we're... You know, we can make excuse after excuse after excuse, and and all these excuses lead to man. I, I just need to rest. I need a break, and and I don't know if I can do it. And here Paul is, quite literally, in prison, in chains, and he said, "Guys, we got to get up and fight." And Paul's a, an incredible example of of grit and how to keep going even whenever you are, and keep keep soldiering on, uh, even whenever things are not, not going your way uh, at all. That's a, not going your way is, is uh, really a light way of saying it, uh, considering that he's in a Roman jail cell. Um, and then he says, pray for me that I can declare God's word boldly. Um, it is, it should be our prayer, it should not be our prayer 
I, I guess I need to be careful with what I'm saying here. We need to make sure our prayer is that we proclaim God's word boldly. Um, sometimes we pray that other people will listen, and, and I think that's appropriate. But how often do we pray that, God, I want to be bold? You know, sometimes we pray that other people change, other people. I wish other people would be more receptive, but maybe we fail to pray, God, help me to change, help me to be more bold. Sometimes we need to be introspective. In the, in the original recording of the podcast, we talked a lot about this word mystery. Um, in verse 19, he says, um, verse, verse 19, he says, Pray for me also that my words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And again, this word mystery is a reference back earlier in the book. It's in verse uh, chapter 3. He talks about how uh, this mystery that was covered up for ages um, is uncovered. And this mystery is the fact that now the Gentiles are fellow heirs. That's in chapter 3, verse 6. So all he's saying, uh, you can listen to our, our previous podcast um, about marriage. And this mystery is maybe not exactly what we... Um, what we think of English speakers whenever we hear the word mystery. Uh, but it's just something being uncovered. So kind of a little side note there. All right, but then he says, he finishes up in verse 21. says, so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, that we may encourage your hearts. So here Paul is in prison. And he's writing this letter, and he sends this letter with another messenger named Tychicus. And Tychicus uh, is just another fellow Christian, and he is, uh, he wants to, Tychicus to be this messenger, and he wants Tychicus to encourage the brothers there in Ephesus because Paul can't be there because Paul's in prison. Another one of those examples of, of Paul's selflessness. You know, Paul could have said, Hey, I'm starving, guys. Can you drop me off some food? Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I need a little bit of money. Can you drop me off some money? But he didn't. He said, I want to send you somebody so that you can be um, encouraged. In the last couple verses, peace to you. And again, that peace is a theme in Ephesians. And love with faith, all themes in Ephesians. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to be, sorry, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So this, this book ends Paul in a very bleak situation, but with the most positive, loving, high-spirited um, out, or, uh, outlook you could have. So after we finished in the original post, or the original recording, after we finished the book, we uh, we went around the table and we each gave what we thought was one of the most significant verses. If there was a verse that maybe summed up what um, we thought the book was about. And I remember mine and I remember Tom's, but I don't remember Casey's. So sorry, bro. Um, uh, you're going to have to be left out of this one. Um, but Tom had said said he thinks what what really sums up the book and is a big impact is chapter 5 verse 10 which says try and discern what is pleasing to the lord 
Um, and Tom went on to say that this is really what Ephesians is about, is it gives us all this insight about what is pleasing to the Lord. And it leaves um, up to us, we have this responsibility to, you know, here's God's Word, here's what God has said, here are these doctrines that He's presented about the church and about, you know, all these different things and, and, and relationships. And we need to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Um, and I think Tom is right about that. I thought my key verse that I thought really summed up the book of Ephesians was chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, which here Paul talks about how, you know, we used to be dead. Um, we were sinful. We were wicked. We were lost. But God made us alive. And we're like God's masterpiece now. It says workmanship. But that means his, his masterpiece, his creation. And he's created us for good works. And, and now we need to walk in these good works. And the reason I think this is significant is because uh, verse 10 ends with this phrase that we should walk in these good works. And through the rest of the book of Ephesians, we see all of these passages that have the phrase walk. Um, we should walk in this way. We should walk in this way. We should not walk in this way. So um, I think chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10 are, are central um, in that they are the launch pad for, you know, the whole book saying this is what you used to be, this is what God made you, now do this. And the rest of the book um, really goes off of that. And man, I'm really trying to remember what Casey said, and I can't do it. Um, yep. I don't know. He might have said, yeah, I'm not even going to try. I really don't know. I'm sorry. But anyway, that is Ephesians. And I apologize that we had to end Ephesians on a uh, Nate lost the SD card note. But you get my junky iPhone audio in my basement at 1 in the morning. Um, and hopefully one day we'll find this SD card and we can replace this audio with the original audio and um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed Ephesians. We're going to get to Mark pretty soon. And Mark is going to be a really uh, enjoyable podcast and uh, book to go through. So we hope you've enjoyed this. And we hope that if you have any further questions, you will not hesitate to reach out to us. We will see you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for Season 2. We will see you on Season 3. See ya. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Let's Open the Bible podcast. If you have any questions, want to talk about the next steps in your faith journey, or are interested in receiving our daily Bible verse which corresponds to the content of this podcast, feel free to reach out to openthebible2022 at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue our study together. Have a great day.